What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Real Sports Eyes podcast. I'm David. He's Matt on the other side. Welcome to episode 38. Is it 38? I think it is. Episode 38. We're going with it. We have a, another guest episode. We have Lewis Church, who's a, it's a Catholic, a two-time national champion. Uh, we had a, just an absolute amazing conversation with him, didn't we, Matt? It was amazing. We spoke everything about decathlon. We found out he was a very decathlete nerd um, that loves his sport a lot. And we actually learned a lot of things about how hard it is to train for everything, which seems obvious, but never actually came upon me. So it was interesting to learn about that as as well as his business that he's just started and some of the complications he faced when starting that business, as well as competing as an athlete. So yeah, this is episode 38. Let's jump right into it. Hello, everyone. For today's episode, we have Lewis Church. Lewis is a well-known decathlete in Europe. For those of you that don't know what a decathlete is, in its entirety, it is someone who takes part in a decathlon comprising of 10 events. Let me see if I can get all of them. 100 meters, long jump, shot put, high jump, 400 meters, 110 meters hurdles, discus, pole vault, javelin, and 1,500 meters or 1,500 meters. He is a two-time national indoor champion, as well as a keen businessman with his latest project, the West Kent Athletics Club, in which they strive to offer high-quality coaching to the local community and mold the youth into the next generation of Olympic gold winners and record breakers. Who better to teach them none other than Lewis Church? Welcome. Honestly, that intro was so good, and I actually want to write that bit on my website, because that is a lot better than whatever I wrote. (laughs) We'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, ping that over. Um, yeah, right off the bat, David said, what's your favourite event? Uh, it really depends which everyone's going well now. <laughs> it used to always be high jump um, or hurdles, but now it's genuinely whichever one goes well because I do them so often. So at the moment, probably pole vault or discus. What What's your record in both of those? Uh, I got them both last week. So 481 in the pole vault and did 4639 in the discus. Nice. Which in on terms is actually pretty decent now so um yeah big breakthroughs in those i think obviously that's why i'm enjoying it more but uh, i was gonna say javelin i'm wass at that all i could ever do was just chuck it like that and it would just land on the butt part i've heard of a new athletics club though that just kicked off uh i think it's called west kent athletics club so you know get down there maybe um work maybe. on work on your javelin yeah so tell us a bit about that uh it was a um it was, I was supposed to start it before lockdown. I uh, just yeah. thought I'd enjoy athletics coaching. I work a lot at Seven Oaks School. I work with Matt. And um, I've just always enjoyed the athletics part, not necessarily getting involved in the netball or the football. So I just thought I might as well do what I'm good at. Um, lock, lockdown came and it gave me effectively a year and a half to set up a plan. And it just ended up being perfect timing of obviously athletics clubs were very slow to start up after lockdown so i jumped in early made sure i had had everything in place in terms of covid rules and then it just started snowballing from there uh mainly been coaching younger athletes but have quite a few one-to-ones with older athletes working with the army at the moment uh and a few secondary schools so it's it's grown very organically 
but no, it's exciting, really. Fair enough with the army. How how hard has it been like starting the business, but then also like did you face any challenges that you weren't prepared for? Because sometimes people can prepare for challenges. Like we, Dave and I, prepared for some of the challenges, understanding what the next steps are. But you just get blindsided for from things you never expected. Yeah. So, I, to be honest, the first first year was complete plain sailing because. Again, first year out of COVID, there's not much else going on. People haven't started rethinking about their future plans. Um, and where I was just starting, obviously, it's just blossoming quite quick. The problems are coming more now in terms of time management. And also, I was, it's always difficult with venues. Obviously, in the UK, half the year is bitterly cold and wet. And if I'm coaching kids, they don't want to be outside. Like, you can't be on a grass track. So it's Finding sports halls and venues is the hardest thing. I keep having to change places because people are booking earlier than me. So I'm slowly working oh, wow. out all the intricacies of the business in terms of how far in advance you have to plan. I used to think three months would be enough. Now I'm looking at 12 months, two years. Like time management's really difficult, but also uh, like you're still competing. So how have you managed to find that, find the time for that essentially? Yeah, so I've not done too well, if I'm honest. The last... The last three or four months is the first time I've been like, wow, my work-life balance is off. Mm. So ended up like kind of working 30 hours a week, trying to train 30 hours a week, but I've got no time to eat or sleep. So uh, I'm really struggling with that. As I've got more, I'd say, desirable as an athletics club, um, I can pick and choose a little bit more, um, but it's really hard because you're trying to grow a brand and you don't want to turn work away. Um, yeah, so it, it literally only last last two or three weeks. I've kind of nailed on what I'm doing this summer and thinking, right, I need these hours free because uh, I'm just too used to spreading myself too thin, constantly being late for stuff. It's just not a good look. You're fine with food though. You just chuck hard boiled eggs in your mouth the whole time. I've seen you in the gym walking <laughs> around. That food's You've not seen a problem. Me <laughs> Like Terry, Terry from Brooklyn Nine Nine, just a bag of of like shelled eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, this guy. Um, and yeah, but was it was it quite scary? Like, how did you begin it in a way? Because it must be scary to start the business, but then also you're thinking, okay, I want to get to the next level of decathlon and and competing. Will this take away from that? So, just wondering how how you actually came up with the idea, and then yeah, if it was yeah, scary, so. Uh, I've always come up with the idea because I just think there is athletics is quite a like a old person's sport. So I mean, it's like it's run in the dark ages. Mm. Everyone that's kind of operating in athletics on like a management level is well well past retired, and they're generally in athletics because they've got so much money that they've got loads of time. So I was just thinking I can give it a new positive kind of young person's edge. Uh, but like I said, it, was, it, it wasn't difficult at all to start. I'm on the committee at Tunbridge Athletics Club and I'm involved in quite a few other um, clubs. So I understand how it works. I understand the structure completely. So basically, they had a waiting list. And I thought, well, do you want me to take the waiting list and feed them back in? And they went, yeah, yeah, go for it. So it just started from there. I have a good relationship with all of the clubs. And my aim is always to support the athletics community not dilute it more so i think where i've stuck to that and 
not gone back on my word. I think I've gained a bit of respect from the other clubs and they trust me enough to send me athletes knowing that inevitably they will go back to those clubs. They're just there for extra coaching. Mm. So um, I've had no real barriers to work against. So it's all been in my court, basically. I've been very lucky. I was just going to ask, what are some of the, like, two things that you've, the biggest things that you've learned business-wise, uh, business-wise business of, of starting Looking back, what are kind of the two biggest things that that you've learned out of this? Uh, it's extremely difficult to manage people. That's one. And also, you've never got more. You've never got as much money as you think you do. Because <laughs> you write it down on paper, you go right. I'm charging out for this, this, and this, and this. And there's always something you haven't accounted for. Uh, like the end of my first tax year was terrible. Suddenly realizing, oh no, this is how it works. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, it's a very steep learning curve when you get it wrong first time uh, in terms of the financial side. But I, I don't, I don't think if someone told me all these things, I probably wouldn't have listened anywhere. And I think it's something I've learned because I've gone, oh my god, I've lost two grand because I haven't done X, Y, Z. Like you said, like doing that as you're trying to compete. And I think this year is kind of the first normal year in terms of athletics, uh, like seasons after, after lockdown. I mean, last year was nuts because they tried jamming everything into the same year. Like, um, yeah, but, but just turning it, turning a little bit to your athletics career. Um, first of all, give us a bit more of decaf decathlete like what what does that look like trying to do 10 events how do you have time to train all those to a level that you get good enough and one one question i have is like how do the how does a point system work in a competition so just yeah a little bit about the actual sport because it's one of those that's like really cool but i think a lot of people including myself struggle to actually come like grab a grasp of it yeah uh it's Again, like I'm a bit of an athletic, uh, athletics nerd, and especially decathlon. The, the you don't you don't successfully train for all ten. It's just it is impossible. Um, there's always something that's going to fall by the wayside, or there's going to be an injury in the way of a certain certain event. It's very individual. I've feel like I've only got into a good routine with what I do over the last two or three years. But um, again, some something's got to give the 10 events and that's the the hard thing with decathlon as well most guys that do decathlon are extremely good athletes i'd say among arguably the best athletes if they picked an event it's not i wouldn't say it's the other way around i wouldn't say it's oh i wasn't good enough at one i'll do loads i think it's these guys are good enough at one but they're greedy and then they do all of them Mm. Uh, uh, it's very frustrating In, in an event like javelin where I look and look back on it and go, right, well, I've been doing this for like six years trying to throw it really well. But where there's so many other technical events in your mind, you genuinely can't focus enough on it. So someone will turn up to training, been doing it for four months, and their technique will already be better mm-hmm. because that's all that's in their mind. Whereas I'm doing a javelin going, yeah, I've got to get my right arm up here. And then the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, my in the shop, it's always by my neck. <laughs> so there's so much contradictory um cue, like cues for the events that's it takes such a long time to like weed out all of the useless information for those events um yeah effectively near, near impossible 
Mm. Uh, mm. Maybe it's for some people, but I haven't found that yet. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that there was um, a lot of athletes talk about trying to break, uh, make their brain into like an autonomous state with some of their movements. And they spend like years trying to make sure that, say, their backhand shot is as fluid as possible. So they don't even have to think about it. So it's almost as muscle memory, just bang, hit it over and focus on the next thing. But when you've got 10 events, that must be absolutely impossible because one little cue that a coach or anyone watching could throw at you could then offset the rest of the events, like say throwing events, javelin. He's like, oh, you've got to hold out your arm. But you've been doing training that for so long when it goes to shot put, that must just feel so unnatural if you've just been altering different bits. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a domino effect. And that, that's absolutely right. And then some of the events as well, it, generally everyone goes into the decathlon with an event they're really good at. So like for me, I... I genuinely don't have to think about high jump or hurdles at all. I just, I can run over them and they feel pretty good. Anything that I'm given, I can kind of do straight away. Um, some people have that for javelin, discus or shot, but like you've got one or two core events where, which come naturally and the rest are just, are just hard work. You just feel like you're thinking about each step. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And uh, you, you asked about the point score because obviously I'm a bit nerdy, so I'd like to explain it. <laughs> so basically they use um uh, it's like a portuguese scoring system some yeah. basically portugal kind of set effectively 10 different different algorithms for each event and i've got to say i can't i can't actually see any downfalls in it at all there's no there's actually yeah. no down everything seems to be weighted extremely well for all the events uh and it's Purely, purely based on this algorithm. It's not based on the world records or anything. Uh, with uh, with the seniors, like the masters athletes, there's kind of based off the world records. Okay. But, um, it's one of those events where you can have obviously the winner with nine thousand points, and you can have someone who's gained two thousand points. Doesn't necessarily mean you're four and a half times better than the person with two thousand points. It's just the algorithm mm. just shoots up. So. If I was to improve by 0.1 in the 100 meters, uh, 11 seconds, it's like someone running 15 seconds improving by an entire second. So they've really accounted for how easy it is to get gains at the, right. at the lower level. And obviously, how hard it is to get gains at a much higher level. Does first place get the same points? Like if you, if you won first place in every event, would you get the same points for first place in every event? It's all to do with performance, nothing to do with position. So you could come okay. dead last in every event, but still be reasonable and then have a world record in 1500. You might beat everyone overall. So again, it's that I, I know for myself, if I get 11.27 in the hundred, I'll get 800 points. It doesn't matter if I come mm. first or last, I get 800 points. So it's quite oh, nice okay. that you're indirectly eating. Um, but it's purely bringing the best out of you. Yeah. So you're not actually competing. I mean, you're competing against the people that you're competing against, but you're not directly competing against them. Because no, it's like in a lot of races I right. do, I, I start this, and I think if I'm within 0.5 seconds of the fastest person, I'm going to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Even, I'm just thinking about how close can I get? I, if I beat them, great. But it's just at the end, it's all about those points. Yeah, uh, and some slightly harder to get points in. So we said the javelin. The javelin is one of those events where you can get someone rock up and throw eighty meters, but nine out of ten people mm. are going to throw about thirty. 
So mm. the algorithm is mm. really hard to get points in. Um, so does does that kind of change then how how you train as well? Because for example, javelin, like it might not make sense to get any better at javelin because it wouldn't do you it wouldn't do anything for yeah. your points or not as much as like gaining that extra point one second on your sprint. Yeah, so it's it's a yeah, it's a game of it's a game of like a just designating time like you're supposed to be yeah. like spreading your time across the board but like i look at my season and i go i could probably get another 30 centimeters in pole vault which will give me 93 points more mm. or i could that that equivalent improvement on something i think is purely technical mm. i'd have to run 0.4 seconds faster than the 100 which in my mind right. is just a physical ability so it's mm kind of shifting your money into different piles, shifting your time. Yeah. And it's, it's a real, it's a real tactician's uh, event. It's yeah. Yeah. It's very, it is like a, it's a chess match and on the weekend of, of an event, does it, does it change like depending on, Oh, I did poor in this event. Let's like um, prioritize this other event or actually people did better or worse in this event than we thought it's like do you have to kind of change your strategy as the weekend goes on depending on what happens yeah so it really depends on how your body feels as well so yeah um british champ i did the england champs last uh week uh, two weeks ago and yeah. uh and basically as soon as the gun went in the 100 meters my back just snapped and i'm then looking at the weekend going can I salvage events? So mm. I got to the, uh, I was hoping to be in a better position than I was at the 400, but because my body was pretty battered, I then thought, right, well, if I lose any more ground, I'm not going to win. So I had to the eyeballs out the 400. Whereas sometimes you might go up, well, I feel pretty rough. I need to wake up well the next day. I might take the 400 a little bit easier, but uh, nine times out of 10, you send it in every event and then just hope you survive. Oh, and, and just earlier when we were talking about preparation um, and, you know, you're choosing one event or the couple of events that you want to be strongest in. Do you when when you're outside of like com competition phase of like, say, a periodization? Yeah. Are you looking at strengthening your strengths or strengthening your weaknesses more? Is there like any thought behind that or is it just it's. Yeah, so I am. Um... I I initially did like a long term development plan when I was younger to up to the up to last year, and it was always just about getting everything on that even playing field. So over lockdown, I was doing a lot of strength work because effectively I was kind of looking at looking at my numbers, looking at my height um, and kind of my speeds and stuff, and just thinking, well, my limiting factor currently is just power output. I've got long levers. The techniques are quite nice. I'm just not putting enough, out enough power. So um, effectively, over lockdown, did loads of strength work and then have built it into power and speed over the last year or so. Um, but yeah, even like if I'm trying to periodize the season, I know that training at Tunbridge with no indoor facilities, I can't be fast in April. It's just impossible. So... I'm planning to be fast in August and July and August. So instead of trying to waste my time getting really fast in March and February when it's just too cold to move, I really focused on gym work and power 
just to give the foundations to then move that onto the track, knowing it would take longer to translate this year than normal because I'm not kind of spreading myself, but the peak should get there at the right time. I really enjoy uh, doing all the gym stuff. And again, you think, you know, you think, you know, you know what you know, but you can't account for everything. So like some, sometimes I've got into some bit of the season, I go, I am just so heavy. And then you just know straight away, well, my pole vault's not going to be very good because I haven't got the equipment to lift me up. And the high jump's going to be a little bit rubbish because I'm lifting up another seven kilos off the floor. Um, and you've just got to hope that you've put on enough power and uh, held your technique well enough with the extra weight and things like that. You're, you're sort of like a jackpot then for SNC coaches because, like, say you're out, you can really block it. Whereas, say, like rugby players, you're just there to manage injuries, I guess. You know, with a lot of lads, they just pulled up with sore shoulders, so they can't ever be hitting what you want them to hit in the gym because you'll be like, okay, I had this plan for you, but we'll go do like a lower body or some rehab exercise. But with you, you know, let's work on power this time. We want to really get you up to there. And then once we hit those markers, we can get the next stage into there. I can't imagine, though, 10, 10 events is a bit hectic. Eh? And then just talking there about the fluctuations in weight and what that can do to the next factor of events you've got to think about um so yeah and, and then do you do any sort of assessment so like say you are two kilos heavier do you know if that's like can you feel it within yourself or when you're practicing if that's just dead weight or if that's just proper power and strength like lean muscle that you put on it is tough like um all, i've got all my my personal best i did when i was ill so I was like 92 kilos, which for me is, I'm currently like 96, which feels very light. Um, I can never, I can never feel a power decrease when I drop weight. Um, but I think it's because I only do it for such a short period of time. Uh, mm. But I know I don't, I don't feel healthy. I feel fit. I don't feel healthy when I'm light. Um, mm. Yeah, I take a little bit longer to get moving, but uh I can I can feel certain things. It's mainly in the high jump and the pole vault I can feel it. So the pole vault's just so obvious straight away because all the poles are done on like poundage. So if I weigh three kilos more, I'll need a, another stiffer pole. So if I'm jumping and not coming off the top of the pole as fast as normal, I'm just like, well, I'm just heavy. And then go on the scales and go, well, yeah, that was that was why. You should um, you should ask David. He's he's been training pole vault for a while. Well, have you, David? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not actually, but <laughs> my girlfriend's a pole vaulter. So one of these days, Todd just do all the gymnastics and stuff with her. And one of these days, I'm going to have to whip out a pole and give it a go. <laughs> next, uh, it's fun but, regardless of what level. All right, next thing you know, I turn around. I'm like, David, what have you learned? And next thing you know, he's just spinning around. And he's just spinning around, showing me all these little moves with his legs up. <laughs> <laughs> you meant pole vault, David. It's in the ground. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> that one isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I mean, it's such a mental like that's a, such a crazy sport and one thing that is is unique about that one i think is you don't like the thought the the fact that you don't actually use your the poles that you use in competition rarely or if ever in training yeah like how are you supposed to get good at those poles you know because you don't use them in training because you're not as switched on and you're not as fired up to like actually put all the power into the poles to bend them. So like, are you the same? Like you don't rarely or never use the poles that you would in a competition when you train. It's it's I'm, I'm the same in most of the year, but it's all up here. It's not, it's nothing to do with on the track at all. 
it's all all in your head for pole vault. Like yeah. if if you're hyped up enough, you'll get on whatever pole you want. So if you can get that, like, right? For the, at the moment in training, I'm I'm going off my person. I can start on my PB pole or one okay. below, maybe. That's fractions of difference, but I think it's because to pole vaulters are much more technical. They do a lot more volume in their sessions, so I think they obviously. I don't know, their, their peak is much higher, whereas being a decathlete, you grab the pole, mm. you've only got one or two cues in your mind, straight on full run-up, jump and just go. Like, if if it doesn't work, it hasn't worked. <laughs> it's, right. it's much less technical yeah, yeah. for the decathlete. <laughs> just because we've got much less mm. time, so we've got to just bite the bullet and go, right, well, I can't waste my time going through doing six jumps to get to the pole I want. I've just got to go on it straight away. Um, right. Again, do with the psyche of it so some in the winter i struggle a little bit more but i've got more time so I part of it that's so interesting because you know from an outsider's view i've uh, the only athletics i really i watch like from an outsider just don't really get into the nitty-gritty part and it's in- interesting to see because i just thought they've got to be amazing at all 10 events but that's impossible. That was my thought process. So it's actually nice to hear what, what's actually happening. And then you just touched upon that sort of psychological aspect. Have you taken any time now that a lot of psychology and the importance of psychology and your mental well-being um, has come out? Have you taken any steps to approach that side of things or is it still not, not enough time? Not one bit. No, no, not enough. <laughs> not one bit. Time, but I, I don't. I'm not dissing the profession at all. I see why it's there and why people need it. But for someone like me, and like for quite a few other people I know, having a psychologist tell you the problem means there's now a problem. In my mind, in in my mind, sounds silly. I'm I'm the greatest athlete with no weaknesses, and that that for me works. And like my my upbringing is quite like, I know my dad's quite stern. He's like, well, if you want to do it, you do it. There's no, there's, there's nothing stopping you. You, your work, your body's working. Just go for it. And I think <laughs> if someone was to say to me, oh, this, oh, this can happen sometimes. Well, then I now think, well, that can happen sometimes. So, I don't know. Oh, I think okay. it could be one step forward, but then two steps back. Then essentially, you think. Yeah, it's just more things to cloud your mind. I mm. think. I could I could probably sit down with a psychologist and they tell me lots of things that would benefit me, but if there's anything that's a negative, I'm probably going to hold on to it. I think a lot of people do. I don't mm. want to give myself an excuse. For me, the men, the mental bit, personally, I know it's not the same. Most people, mental bit isn't isn't important. I I can I can work work through it. So I mean, I shouldn't mm. be weak in that area. Mm. Um, Mm. Or it's bro- if it's not broken, don't fix it. Exactly, yeah. Because again, an event like pole vault, I never, I never once thought about missing the box until someone said, "Oh, have you missed the box yet?" I went, "No." Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, miss the box? It's in front of me. Yeah, I missed, missed it just then. Like, oh, I'm staring at the box when I should be thinking about getting my arms up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you miss the box? That's so funny. That's totally like the opposite. Yeah, that's right. Did you miss it? No, I, was, I, I don't. I don't think about it now. But again, if someone if someone says something to you, you do think about it, and it detracts from what you actually want to do. And I find I I genuinely think for a lot of people, having a psychologist is necessary, if not like 
mandatory. But for me, I just want to stay mm. as far away as possible from anyone that's going to play on my mind. That little witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> um, Get but away then, from me. Oh, that's funny. And then, and then you said you, you you're obviously competing, and I was just wondering what is the next stage for yourself that you see you want to achieve for this year or next year coming year. Uh, I want to go to the Olympics. That's the long short of it. I never actually thought I'd be good enough physically to go to the Olympics or Europeans, anything like that. I've actually I've achieved all. I'm I'm my bro- I'm in my brother's room now, by the way. But I actually wrote down in 2013 like a list of things I want to achieve as a senior, and I've done I've done them all. Oh, wow. so, uh, so like for my childhood aspirations, I've already surpassed them. So. Which either either shows that I wasn't wasn't very optimistic, or I don't know. <laughs> but again, set new targets and going mm. for those. But I want to Olympics. I want to make a Europeans. I want to win some medals. Um, and it's it's the first year, maybe year and a half. That I think, oh wow, I can actually do it. Um, mm. How important is goal setting? Hundred percent, hands down. For me, again, most important thing. Something to every day he goes training like well I have to do that I'm not going to get there it has to be a goal do you how, how short term are your short term goals because I know some people have their every day so like every day they got a list of five things or eight things they want to tick off and some other people have like weekly goals or monthly goals what what do yours look like I reckon I reckon I'm probably one of the, the a goal every day kind of person but really they, they don't matter so much because it depends how you feel um, I'm more of a a yearly goal setter. So at the start in September each year, I'll set my plan up and I'll put aims, aspirations, and then I'll rank like my performances one to five and then write down if it's a physical problem, technical problem, or a tactical problem, and then go from there. I really I really set it all in September and I don't revisit them. So at the start of the year, I think, well, that's what I was going towards. That's what I need to achieve. If I, So I've already reached my discus one this year. It doesn't mean I then reset and go, oh, I'm going to throw 50. No, I'm just, that's the tick, done. I'm on the other ones now. Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah. If, mm. Why September? Uh, for me, that's when I end my season. Uh, most people end their season like July or August, but where I use indoor facilities so infrequently... I end up peaking later than I should do. So I I tend to compete all the way up until September. Okay. And then obviously as soon as I finish my last competition, I've got a fresh mind knowing that I'm not doing any more. And then and then we spoke a little bit earlier about sort of the like sort of how the range of different levels there are in decathlons. I was wondering, is it harder to obtain like sort of a physical genetic, like what are the physical and genetic advantages in, in decathlon? Cause I know you said you're quite tall, but you need to sort of build that power up there. I was just wondering, like, do you get a yeah. range of different physiques in decathlon really? Yeah. So you do, but I'm always amazed that there's a big variation. Generally the, when I go to when I've been to the biggest competitions, everyone's been six four and generally a bit lighter than me, but look stronger. <laughs> kind of just like everyone's normally like around 85, 90 kilos, six foot four, really long limbs, yeah. not necessarily big torsos or anything. Um 
but yeah, that that's the advantage is just lever length. And then if you've got a little bit of fast twitch with you, you're you're away. Um, so for me, I've got a massive benefit being six six, pretty big wingspan, long legs, and I'm carrying a bit of extra weight compared to other decathletes around a hundred kilos most of the time. Um, that's my physical advantage, which again puts me on that level above everyone else initially but i'm slow as so yeah. so it's it's then bringing me back down to everyone uh, yeah so we're not so we're not seeing any five five foot six lads just turning up shot put in absolute timber but then on the 100 meters like what? little tanks or like the hurdles you, know, you say <laughs> i was explaining to one of the school kids careful man you're not that far away from that <laughs> Oh, how, so how tall good. are you, Dave? 6'1". Uh, six, 6'6", six, six, that's for sure. Matt, you're out. Yeah, 5'9". <laughs> Carry on. I'm 6'5". Please, please, I'm six foot. We're all friends. We're all friends, please. <laughs> oh, oh, we're all men. <laughs> <laughs> that was 6 foot right there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you mean uh, you can jump to 6 foot? Is that what you right. mean? Yeah. Oh, you athletics friends. Oh, I've got a UK athletics top on. Look at me. Oh, I've got another West Kent athletics top on. No brand can buy me. No brand over here. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I have a question. I have a question. Do you... Um, two questions. One's very simple. Do you have one coach or a coach for every single event? Because that seems nuts. And then the second one is, like, it's hard enough for athletes who do one event to kind of mix in the right amount of sports science. Like, like with their SNC coach and then their coaches and physiologists and nutritionists and all that on the side. I imagine it's an absolute minefield when you're trying to prepare for 10 events. Yeah. How does that, how does that work? How, how does that work? What's your like, associ not association, but like, how do you work with sport, the sports scientist or support team other than your coach or coaches um, to, to prepare you? So this this is an area where I'm pretty basic in. I'm kind of uh, I wouldn't call it old school, but I I don't use I, I don't use the sports science route at all. But I genuinely think that's for me due to money. It's okay. Catholic is quite like a rich person sport, or like you have to be located in certain areas. So like if you're let's say based at Loughborough, a lot of the athletes up there will be connected to. S&C coaches, sports scientists, nutritionists, and they will make as much use of that as possible, which is obviously great for them. Um, and they'll be attached to obviously a big club. So at Loughborough, they've got specialist pole vault coaches, high jump coaches, all of that. So they have an avenue to explore everything. Um, I've always just kind of done my own thing. So I was with a with my athletics coach, David Hull, who's a hurdles coach. And I started with him when I was 12. And basically, I was the youngest in the group. Now I'm probably one of the oldest in the group. But uh, we kind of just worked on all the events by ourselves. And then the real specialist ones, we've gone to see people every now and then. So I sometimes see a guy called Mark Chapman in Medway, who's the discus lead for England Athletics. Uh, John Bancroft for high jump, kind of traveling to Ashford, Medway, Lee Valley, Derek Laws for pole vault, John Wademan, like I, I see different people all the time if I need it. Mm. Otherwise, I kind of get on with everything myself. Mm. Uh, the decathlon mm. 
you can overcomplicate the events and the issue you have with a lot of individual coaches is they want they're coaching you to be a high jumper or they're coaching you to be a shot putter it's just not that that amount of technical information or what they're trying to make you achieve isn't possible for a generic athlete um so mm. i tend to stick. so would you say that's that's really important for for like myself as a sports scientist or uh matt as an snc well also sports scientist <laughs> uh didn't mean to throw shade at snc coaches there sorry about that um but it, is that a, a kind of an important takeaway for us knowing that we're working with a decathlete that al- almost changes what we say because we don't we could say all this stuff but at the end of the day you're not going to you're not going to use any of it so one i could save my breath and i don't want to overload you with stuff that you yeah. don't need or might actually cause you to take away from some other event well, I, would you say that's quite important i would say i'd say for the 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 technical stuff is important but i think your your role as a sports scientist i imagine i think then you have to regress it more uh and then just i think you could do your role as normal as if it was anyone because if I, as a decathlete i would come to you and say decathlon is 90 percent power and 10 percent endurance mm. and then that's you could that's that's all you'd need to know i think in terms of that mm. um in terms of how you have to mm-hmm. approach uh, approach as a Catholic because we like we like being very specialist where you're you're like a, a general specialist <laughs> but you could be a general general like yeah a generalized specialist um it's, it is difficult so like what kind of things or science would you be doing with track athletes right now i do just mostly physio uh, physiology testing um in the lab and then also like lactate testing in the field if they need it yeah um or want it but i think yeah, so I think because all that's um, again, like the like I said, the decathlon is an endurance event. It's over two days, and you have to be fit enough to get through it all. But the individual components, mm. the ninety-five or ninety percent power, um, they've got like a mm. nice graph on. Mm. I can't remember what their website is, but it shows you uh, like the physical requirements of each event, and it says low, medium, high. And on power, it's high on all of them, apart from the 400 and 1500. Mm. So, like, mm. in terms of gyms testing stuff, I just I just do power. Um, and I think that's mm. generally the way to go. And then just hope I'm fit enough to do the rest of it. <laughs> and just send it on all events. Yes, yeah, send it. Like you said. <laughs> now, that, that's a good point um, that you guys were talking about earlier, about language. And we spoke a little bit about that with our one of our past guests Seb who's um one of the coaches at TJ's now and he actually went with England rugby for like a talk on language um and then also mixing it in with another one of our guests who's a senior analyst at Stats Sports and they both sort of said like what you tell the athletes is got to be key you can't just spout a whole lot of a whole lot of words and then you, you could just be ruining them like one of the things Seb's mentioned was that when it was ice cold on the field he came over to all of the coaches and said look if the lads say oh the field's a bit cold the field's a bit icy that's gonna hurt don't allow that any negativity be like ah don't see it mate let's just uh let's do some passing or something so you don't like buy into that because once you let it down then you're just like oh playing on their minds then you're just adding flames to the fire or fuel to the fire 
Um, and then also what Alex said was you just can't shout stats. So when he was with Liverpool, he would uh, he said you just can't shout stats at them. You've got to make sure it's digestible for the people. So then you've got to know who your audience is at the time. If you're going to shout a bunch of sports science lingo, the player's going to look at you and just not know what the hell to do. You've just got to make it interpreted by everyone that is sort of reading it in their own fields. Yeah. I, so, I find if I'm competing, or especially if I'm competing, even if I'm training, if I have more than one thing to think about, I get frustrated. So because mm. then you think, well, what am I doing right then? I've had a shop a session recently where I've like doing trying to do one thing and then the coach says something else and I'll see your mates, your training partners try to help you as well. I'm like, well, I've just been given four bloody cues. Which one which one's gonna make it go further? That's all I care about. <laughs> like which ones are yeah, yeah, yeah. RT, which <laughs> ones are actually physically gonna move the shot. That's so interesting. You could boil it down all to that, couldn't you? Like, well, which one is it gonna? Which one is gonna make me throw further? Yeah, full stop. The one like, that's all. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, and that's because I don't. I don't care if it looks like. Yeah. As long as I've got the actual like physical pieces of information that work. Like, and um, how long am I pushing an implement for? How much work can I create? Um, how how fast is the javelin releasing? That's all. Like, the release speed of a javelin is all that matters. There's, there's nothing else. Mm. What, what else is going to make it go far? Not not looking really pretty on the run-up with my fingers flailing around. It's just how hard I hit the thing. <laughs> it seems like quite a rare sport to get into. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like someone's first go-to sport. And I was just wondering what the social, because it's quite rare, is it sort of like you're coaching your mates that you're competing against? Like, how social, how awkward is it with your mates? if they're competing, doing the same thing. So like I, my training partner, Harry, he's, we're effectively, we're generally number one and two in the country. We've been competing against each other since we were about nine years old. So it's, it's very good because you're training with someone who's at the same level and you're progressing together. But it's obviously in the back of your mind, you are thinking, well, we're going to compete against each other in a bit. It also makes it, Mm -hmm. uh, it, I don't think it ever makes it actually more satisfying. It makes it more annoying knowing that either one of one of you has underperformed. Because I don't know, you kind of take a little bit of like I don't know, success in the other person's success. So if someone gets a big long jump PB, you're like, all right, cool. That means I'm going to get a big long jump PB. Like, I don't know, yeah. yourself. But then if you suddenly do bad or they do bad, then it's like, oh, that's a bit unfortunate for them because we've been working really well. Or, by the way, wow, it's terrible for me because now I'm going to lose. So that's, that's, it's, uh, it's difficult. And I think, I what? think it happens in all the events, but the decathlon, everyone's quite close. Like we've got group chat with the 10 or 15 of the guys that are always near the top. Um we don't talk about decathlon very often, but you're very aware of everyone else's performances. Any little tips that What's get found like out the, they the get sent in the chat? As well. oh, sorry. Yeah, well, go try answer yeah. both those questions, that's, Lewis. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah go, David. At the same time. <laughs> What's it like? Um, What's it like with the other events? Um, Individual. Do they... Do they get annoyed at... Yeah, do they get annoyed at decathletes because... Like, I don't know, they're using all their stuff. <laughs> or do they, do they like, look at you and be like, you know, oh, like, they kind of do my event? I, 
think a lot of people just think we're terrible. But but then I, if, I can if imagine people, all of them just turning up with shot puts, javelins, like one's got pole vaults, all of them with all the gear, just all turning up together, like slow-mo walking to the yeah. track and they're like, oh, the well, decathletes like, are here. Like bucking bronco, you kind of just load yeah. yourself up yeah, yeah. the implements and hope you get to the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's jokes. <laughs> you hear a noise, just like all the decathletes like reversing all their massive semi-trucks in with all the gear <laughs> that they need. Because they've they've got all of it. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. I don't know my car's not parked there, but my car's loaded with stuff. I've got a competition tomorrow, but um, yeah, it's pretty. Where is it? Where Where is your competition? Uh, it's Basingstoke. We've got a national athletics league, but this this leads on well to your question. So obviously, it's just an individual event. So effectively, league league match athletics doesn't exist without decathletes or heptathletes because. There purely isn't enough athletes that focus on athletics seriously, and I don't think people re—I don't think British athletics realise this or individual eventers themselves. So, the pole vault rankings—if you take all the decathletes out of it, it's just not an event. It's you've got the top five guys who are seriously good, then you've got this massive gap to the rest of the pole vaulters, and that that bit is where the decathletes yeah so oh wow like british champs british champs hurdles it's like 30 percent of the field that's crazy yeah there's a there's a high there's no there's a pole vaulter um who is a decathlete i forget his name ewan ewan bradley at loughborough maybe he he, he trains he trains in loughborough yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of all of all the athletes that I know that actually are decathletes. Yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Yeah. At all. So so tomorrow you're you're competing individually though in one event, not as a decathlete. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So I'm I'm going to do five events, but so I'm going to run round doing each event throughout the day right. with different disguises as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I want to win them. You're gonna be, you're gonna be like in the 400 meter run with your with your javelin, just like quickly hang a quick left, throw the javelin, oh, and keep running the 400 meter. Wait, he's doing drive bys <laughs> on all these field events. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing. What's people's reaction? In it depends which event it is. So, if you're at a league match and you're in the shot put, you're a decathlete. Nine times out of ten, you're generally going to do really well, but no one's happy because you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm changing, changing shoes because you've just come from high jump. So basically, just carry this big duffel bag of shoes around, <laughs> dropping at each one, going, oh, can I jump in at the end of the end of the round, stuff like this, just trying to hold the team together. And then events like pole vault, it's kind of like <laughs> where we're not, where we're where most of us are good at it, again, like people like you and myself, like we jump pretty high, but a lot of the decathletes don't train enough at, the, at pole vault to be ready for every condition. So there's a lot mm. of second attempts, third attempts. So you end up obviously mm. in the top guy's eyes, slowing the competition down, but you are the competition, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it really depends what event you're looking at. Generally, if you lose to a decathlete, you're like, Oh my god, that's so frustrating. But if you beat, if you're better than the Catholics. You're like, oh, they're, they're rubbish. But I don't think they appreciate. I don't think most of the event yeah. appreciate how 
detrimental it is to train for other events. It'd be like the guy running around the gym trying to like work in with everyone into different yeah. machines, but like outlifting everyone in all the different machines. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Can I jump in? And, uh, I'm just going to do a warm up set. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Re- unloading his 150 yeah. also, kg also, bench no, 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 press. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to the squad. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the classic <laughs> deadlift yeah, yeah. PR, isn't it? <laughs> and that that will take us into way or nay talking about little spotting little gym uh issues wouldn't it so church we've got a yeah speaking yeah speaking yeah, so, of yeah nice go. good transition <laughs> go. no god i got excited you go keep going no Let's i i don't know the way or nay question excited. so um you you take it away from here mate um is way yes or is way a real way yes right like, well you don't do you don't take protein way is yes I don't do. I don't oh yeah, do you do. Just he doesn't. Eggs. He takes it all from his hard boiled eggs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. Do you have a eggs boiled egg flavor protein? He doesn't have time to eat or sleep. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get CNP on yeah. that. <laughs> boiled egg flavor protein. <laughs> Love it. That's grim. I think. Um, <laughs> go on, go on. What's your way or nay, David? Yeah, well, this is a yeah new new part of the podcast. Way or nay? Uh, way is yes. Nay is no. Yeah. Um, the question the question is what well the question is spotting some or asking someone in the gym if they want a spot if they haven't asked for it no nay nay he says nay why why Uh, because that's because they've not asked me and most people look at you and discuss i've got i've got a rule of if you've got headphones in i'm not talking to you because you've got headphones in and like everyone's got headphones you've got little headphones in it means yeah yeah don't don't talk to me if you've got headphones on it's like f off like they're not we're i'm not here to talk to anyone so matt i never talk to him i'm on a podcast i'm on a podcast yeah um no, that I, I to be fair, I agree. I agree with that. The other, the other part was um, one of our listeners or one of the our past guests was like, "What if you're getting a spot and the person that's come over to help you has got really loose shorts on, and next you know you're just getting so distracted by what's happening in his shorts <laughs> instead of your actual lift? Can you be pick and choosy about who spots you? No, not really. I, if I could choose, then, <laughs> I don't ask for a spot very often in the gym. I go to again. I, sometimes if I'm in the school gym with you, I just that's easy i'd almost expect oh uh, yeah yeah but um the just curdo and i just talking off in the corner and you're just there like yeah i'm just clicking <laughs> just... <Come on>. <laughs> 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 um but i'd go to because oh. people 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 were split on this one when we did it we put it on a poll on our instagram and people were split i think it was actually it was either 50 50 or it was slightly better for way. So people saying yes. And I guess maybe it depends if like it's a random person. I, I said it as like, it's a random person. Yeah. Cause one person also said like, it depends on if it depends on the movement. Like if it's a heavy squat, maybe, maybe, or like if someone's not doing a heavy squat, oh, like, no, don't I've, ask. I've, I've um, only, if, yeah. the only time I've ever done it or even considered is bench. Yeah, I, I was going to say squat, stay mm. away. I hate help. If yeah. I hate spotting someone squatting. It's just so weird to go like all up in their <laughs> space and just be like, yeah, one more, one more, mate. You got one more. Yeah, just take their headphone <laughs> off and speak into their ear, <laughs> <laughs> buddy. Yeah. What's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I finished the 
ages ago. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. You'll buy the water fountain now, just holding them as you go along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Just there, uh, look at him. Yeah. I don't, I don't get people who, I mean, I get it if somebody squats someone doing low bar back squat. But anyone who's spotting someone doing high bar back squat, don't get it because you can just throw it off your back. Yeah. Like you can, and that's probably safer. Because the amount of times I've seen people almost die from like the spotters on low bar back squat not spotting properly. And then one guy like pushes it up and the other guy almost gets like 300 kilos yeah. on their chest. You know? I, Dan- it's it's so dangerous. Good. Yeah, it's uh the only time I would spot in bench, like you can just tell when someone's looking for a spot as well, or like you see, or you, out the corner of your eye, that you see them almost die the rep before and they've put more weight on the bar. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, All right, yeah. mate, this guy's got some issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, I'll, I'll even see it at work sometimes. Do you like, no, don't even do it. Don't do it. And then you, you just seem whack on like yeah. five, not even like a small increment, like 1.25. He goes, smacks a five on you they're like all right sweet i'm here just ready to run over and it just goes impales him and you're like nice (laughs) good rep buddy again at at work that happens a lot for you especially they already they already failed the one before and they're like they've got so much ego they're like well ah, it's just a bad rep i'm sure i'll get the next one i i've seen so many come in and they're like mate this one kid walked in and he just loaded up the bar with about 80 and he's like, he hasn't even taken his first breath in the gym and he's already got 80 on the bar and he's ready to go on a bench press. And this kid is under 16 max. And for my employers out there, obviously I have a quick conversation with him. We go through the whole physiological um, effects that could happen and, you know, yeah. he's fine now, obviously. Uh, it's all good. He's like a toothpaste tube. His soul's just squeezed out so far out. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that answers that question. So now you're going to be subject to quick fire questions. So I've got six here actually, and it's just going to be rapid fire. Yeah. Um, are you ready? Yes. All right. Ready? What was your first job? I've got a coach. <laughs> nice. Weirdest DM received? Stressed. Oh, God. You can't. Oh, I got asked to do a naked film shoot, which ended up being not real. Sorry about that. I'll try to get you. I'll try to catch you out on that one. Uh, best piece of advice received? <laughs> uh, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Banger. Best nickname heard, or what is your own nickname that people call you? I've got a lot of nicknames. <laughs> uh, I got called Murtisacker a lot when I was younger because I was so slow. Or I got I get called Gimpy by my schoolmates, <laughs> which is not nice. <laughs> That's good. I like Gimpy. <laughs> That's sticking. Um, where do you see yourself retiring? Like ideal place to retire? Oh, ideal place to retire. Uh, it'll be Kent Champs at the end of uh, at the end of the season, or it'll be one of my West Kent. Uh, pro league matches where I set up. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Nike, Castor, Adidas or Under Armour or any other sports brand, what's your favourite or one you could get sponsored by? You'd like to get sponsored the one, by? The one I've actually inquired about before is Slazenger because I just thought maybe they want to break into the athletics market. 
because I've got a lot of their stuff and I think and uh, no nothing back uh, Nike oh <laughs> yeah Nike not Everlast add a couple good wrist drops to your gym bag <laughs> to your duffel bag that you're running around with yeah. just ties up a boxing bag <laughs> in it it's got to warm up really quickly before pull off sorry guys anyone beats me is getting it all right anyone anyone that beats me <laughs> um fair enough that's all i've got for today for, for today's quick, quick quick fire questions wow speech um yeah that's all i got that was good that was actually probably the fastest we've ever had i can't remember what guest it was but they that took was. long it was five minutes each question and i loved it you said you said quick like i could have sat yeah before. true I, i'm trying it was to which one you're trying to catch me out with uh i can't remember what i've told you <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm excited to see the, the nude the, shoot. The I can't like, yeah. Shoot that... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I had some, I had some follow-up questions that I kept out to myself on that one, so that we yeah. keep going. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Thank uh, you so yeah. much for that, uh, Church. It was really, really enjoyable, and I learned a massive ton once again. Yeah. Again, there's so much. To... You should probably yeah, get another decathlete on again if you've got someone like, like you said. You already know you, and but his his experience would be so much different to mine um there's like there's a hundred mm. ways to be a decathlete so i mean there's i've done it quite i've almost done it the amateur way in terms of through the club system and just kind of do it effectively do the same things over and over again but building up good uh good habits whereas again the guys in loughborough are like ewan or uh if you get one of the other boys in america like jack turner or thorne are on uh they they would give you a very different story about their support system um but yeah got a quite an honest mm. account of almost an amateur in a professional uh professional level yeah what we need to do is have a day where where you just take us through all 10 events and just see how wrecked oh, we are the, the next day That's you ever seen i don't know if you guys allow advertising here uh, like nick simmons does it on his YouTube, have you seen that? Nah. Does he? He did no. a decathlon no. with uh, Ashton Eaton on his YouTube. Like, obviously, he was the Olympic champion for 1500 meters. Yeah, he, yeah, he's since gone to CrossFit stuff, so he thought he'd be much better at all. But it, it just proved how difficult it is. I've just, I've just looked at little clips of the video. Ours would be like lower production, obviously, but also I'd be so bad. Um, I'd love to do it, but I'd be so bad. Um, yeah. To be fair, we'll figure we'll figure something out. Though. If you could come down to Kent sometime, David, we've got a nice <laughs> little Seven Oaks track that we can uh, rinse it. We can't we can't do pole vault anyone, but nice. again, you could just well, Matt, you talk. I will not do pole vault zero anyway. Mm. And then David, you might have <laughs> extensive knowledge if your girlfriend does it. Yeah, I'll pick up some. I'll steal some from High yeah, Pack and bring them down. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't need a pit. We'll just. We'll just jump into the field. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll definitely get that sorted. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, spending spending your evening with us. We really, really appreciate it. That was, That's all right. that was fantastic. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks so much.